I was watching The Last Dance with my sons, and I realized, though it was about Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and the Chicago Bulls, one of the biggest factors of the Chicago Bulls was Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson was the leader, the coach. He's the person, as soon as he stepped on to that team, he helped them to get a ring. He was able to help them to see who they were individually and as a leader and as a team. And I think that's why we need a coach because you need somebody to help you develop yourself personally and within a group. So that's what Al Hardy is here to do. That's what I'm here to do is help you to grow personally and within your team, within your group, within your family. Go to www.mralhardy.com dot com forward slash coaching sessions promo code owls chicken and waffles she don't even know my name she looks at me and swears we're all the same she wanna know true love but fears the pain she wanna feel some real no time for game I remember one time in church, uh, there was a pastor, he stood up and he said, behind every man is a strong woman. Then his wife got up and said, no, beside every man is a strong woman. And uh, I have a super dope, as I always say, a super dope young lady. Her name is Gabrielle Noel. And she has vision, she has uh, discipline. She has insight. Uh, and one of the things, and the reason I bring this up is because as I was building the black men are dope, the black women are dope, the black love is dope, even before it took off to where it did, she saw the value in it. And then she helped me to formulate a plan, helped me have a business plan, helped me to understand how to engage customers, helped me to see things, helped me to give me uh, insight on how to make my business stronger, uh, more engaging, and to ultimately to build a better relationship with my customers to make uh, more money so that I could be able to help my family and to give more into my community. So today's conversation is going to be a super dope conversation because why? You're going to learn. You're going to learn about business. You're going to learn about empowering yourself. You're going to learn about the process. What's going on, everybody? This is Al Hardy. You know what we call this. Al's Chicken and Waffles. Uh, I call it the dynamic duo. I call it the, the dynamic duo because why? Because chicken and waffles is one of my favorite meals, but the marriage of the two, it just tastes so good, especially when you put some syrup on them waffles. But uh, I have, uh, I have. So, <laughs> well, wait, you don't put you don't put syrup on the chicken too? Nah, nah, Actually, what? nah. You have to put syrup on the chicken, Al. No, 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 no. It depends on the chicken. It it depends on how how it's seasoned. You know what I mean? Like so it. it uh, like- you have chicken and waffles without syrup on a chicken. That makes no sense. No, you to I, me. Nah, 
nah. <laughs> Hold on. See, see, see. Now this is a good conversation already. Look, we got. I got one of the the flyest young ladies in the in the NYC. You know, I can't say she she's uh you know she lives in Jersey now, but <laughs> you know, but she's a super work at heart, always a forever. From 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 QU, right? <laughs> right from Queens, correct? Right. Yeah, so so I have this sister on because uh, she we've been talking a lot about business and as it pertains to like business relationships and everything like that. Um, A lot of these uh, guests that we've had on prior, they've been uh, four or five years, uh, some six going on 10 uh, years in business. I think well, one of the reasons I wanted to have uh, Gabrielle Noel on was because she uh, she uh, masters in helping people get started with their business um, from a business plan to marketing plan to understanding uh, social media, how to engage in social media um, from putting your financial statements together. So she's super dope at just get, getting you prepared um, for for the journey that you're about to enter into. Um, she has uh, some experience, she, not some, but she has a lot of experience with helping people, guiding people. And then the other part is, is that she has uh, her own business, um, multiple businesses. And I think that's key, especially in this time, understand the different streams of income. Um, so I have Superfly, Miss Gabrielle Noel. What's going on? Hello. Thank you for that intro. That was such a dope intro. But we can't forget Unlock Hearts. Say it again. We can't forget Unlock Hearts. Oh, oh, okay, okay. All right, so, I mean, so you can explain Unlock Hearts because I think, and, that, and that's your nonprofit arm, right? Yes, exactly, and it's something that I'm probably most proud of. So I started a nonprofit in New York City where we basically buy books for kids between the ages of 8 and 14. Once a month, every first Saturday, we give them $20, we meet them at the bookstore, and we let them buy any books of their choice. Then we invite them back to film a book review, and we've been doing it for the past four years, and we've helped dozens of families build personal libraries in their homes, and it's been life-changing. And it's, like I said, it's definitely one of the things that I'm most proud of. Like, in spite of all the businesses that I've started, like, that work that I do with Unlock Hearts is the most fulfilling. That's that's dope. That's dope. So. Um, before we even, cause I, I, I do have a question for that before we even get into that. Um, what, what I would like to do is, um, I would like to find the ways that we could find some synergy cause you've been doing that in New York and in, in Jersey, we have some kids who need to, who, 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 who need to build their library. Um, and, and not just that, you know, we, uh, my, my, my thing is, is we want to help the parents engage them. You know what I mean? So how can we find some synergy in that? We could talk about it offline if 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 that'd be better for you. You know, that's definitely a move that I want to make, especially since I live in Jersey now. So yeah, we could definitely talk about that offline because I would love to do that and expand more into Jersey. Okay, all right. So definitely, we we gonna make that happen. So Miss Ga- Miss Gabrielle Noel, like so, like yeah. this is what I need you to do. Please explain to the people um, who you are. 
Okay, okay. Well, I'm a business profit strategist, serial entrepreneur, philanthropist, and I'm just me for the most part. Um, I was just blessed to have two dope parents that were smart. They mastered the art of working smarter and investing in yourself. They're those type of people. They're learners. So it just came naturally to me, and I feel fulfilled when I'm like, doing this sort of work, creating business and creating opportunities and, you know, just, just finding ways to use my talent to, to create opportunities for myself and for others. That's dope. So, so when you, I I love that. So you said your parents, uh, they made their money work harder for them. What can, can, like explain that. Smarter. Work work smarter. I'm sorry. Yeah. So my parents are the type that, they're continual learners. They're always, um, you know, sometimes like as people get older, sometimes they you get set in your ways and you, you know, maybe do one job for your, the rest of your life. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying my parents were the type that always wanted to learn something new. They're on Instagram, they're on social media, um, and they're well into their 60s. But they're the type that always want to just want to be on top of things. And they're learners. They're constantly like, you know, absorbing and trying to stay with the times. And I think that that's that's important. Um, That's important in anyone. And that's basically where I get it from. Just the thirst to to learn and to want to do more and, you know, explore. That's dope, because I remember us having a conversation about your father learning YouTube or something. You, You was helping him out in that process. Yes, my point exactly. Like my dad, my dad, uh, he's on this kick where he's YouTube is the next thing that he wants to master. So we've been having dates every other Sunday. He'll drive out here, and I'm literally like filming him with my iPhone, and we're doing his YouTube videos. So his his YouTube is about um, health, fitness, and and natural cures. Okay. And so, so we've been just filming his video, writing scripts, and like editing them together. That's how we spend time together. But I admire that so much about him that even at his age, when he's in retirement, he could really just be just chilling and doing whatever it is he does. And he's deciding to learn something new and keep his brain sharp and to just expand his repertoire. And I, I really admire that about my both of my parents. My dad is really like a reader and a researcher, and my mm-hmm. mom is like very charming and charismatic and I I owe a lot of who I am uh-huh. and who I'm growing to be to them. That's dope. So so let, let's let's talk about the, the 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 two, like you know what I mean, coming into one. And when I say that meaning into you, right? So the researcher and then the char- the the charisma the charisma. Let me let me put it right. Um and that and I and I see that in you, right? And and, and some of the work that you do. Um especially as it pertains to when it, when it, when I think about the research, uh helping people understand business. Um, the research that that it entails to understand your business, your competitors, um, that. But then also on the charisma side, um, you know, you being able to articulate yourself um, via you know your social media platforms and even with the businesses that you do. Um, how did you start off into getting into business? It's I wish I could tell you exactly when. Um, one of my earliest memories of, of doing anything and starting my own business was probably when I was about 
seven or eight years old. And I I grew up with these two girls, Jessica and Lauren. They lived down the block from me. Uh-huh. And I remember my mom is the type of uh, type of mom that's always like, go get me some water. Like uh-huh. our parents, I guess all our parents did that. Get me water. Get me to pass me the remote. And it's right next to her. And yeah, I'm in the other room. So I was the type of kid that like came up with a, a, a price list. Uh-huh. So I would charge my mom for all these favors that she had me doing for her, go get that, go get that. So that was my earliest memory of like having an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, is like trying to charge. About, I mean, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't but work. You know what? We I I, I want to touch on that. We, we I'm gonna come back to that. But go ahead. Yeah, it definitely didn't work. But I think I think that she gave me some credit, and at that moment, she I think she caught a glimpse of who I was going to become. Mm-hmm. Um, a next the next moment I had, I think um, I probably was about thirteen or so, and I started writing stories and trying to sell them to my friends. Okay. Like, I literally would write pages and pages of whatever stories just. Some juicy story. I love to read, so I just had my my mind was filled with stories, and I had a creative imagination, and I would write them and like sell them for a couple of dollars, and people would buy them for me because they just were so good, and nobody else was doing that. Mm. So, uh, and then also, you know, just like selling candy. Like I, I think I just did it all when I was a kid. I really mm. did, and it just came naturally. No one told me to do it. It was just I just wanted I just wanted to find a way to connect people, to do things, to make money. It was fun. That's dope. That's dope. So how did you um get into this 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 part of helping people to start their businesses? And and I asked that because um because I've taken your courses and it really prepared me for the journey that I was on, right? Because uh, I just had an idea, you know. So going from idea to production, um, and you know, you help people with the process. So how did you, you know, acquire that skill first, and then and why did it? Why did you want to help people in that in that area? So. I'm kind of multifaceted because at the same time I'm an entrepreneur, I'm naturally like a teacher. I'm naturally um, that friend that's always going to try to like, I'm an idea factory. I joke about that all the time. I say that to my friends whenever they need some ideas, come to Gabby because I got a a million and one ideas. So I'm an idea factory. My friends would always come to me for just advice, for questions. And then at the same time, um, I was a serial entrepreneur and I was working full time in corporate and I just had a lot of knowledge. So just with, you know, my natural ability, um, my entrepreneur, my entrepreneurial spirit, owning a couple of businesses by the time I was 25 mm-hmm. and, you know, having that corporate training and background and access to a lot of the brightest minds in the industry, um, it only made sense that, you know, I would transition into helping people beyond my immediate circle. And of course, you know, that was an opportunity to turn that into an actual business Mm. and to start to create courses and to create coursework, you know, that would really help people. So um, I don't know if you noticed about me, Al, but I actually was a teacher. I have a master's education and I taught elementary school for five years. Oh, okay. Okay. No, you never, you never shared that information. 
that that okay. didn't that didn't come with your coursework. Okay, you're right. It didn't. That was that was. You didn't pay for the upgrade. Not kidding. <laughs> no, that's that's dope. That's 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 great. Now, hold, so let's let's take a step back because you said you had a couple of businesses. So, what businesses did you have? And then the other part that I heard you say is you had access to some of the brightest minds. And so, you know, what was that process like? So, you know, what businesses did you have? Okay, so the first LLC I bought was when I was 19. Mm-hmm. I purchased my first LLC. It was for um, a magazine that I started called The Pearl Magazine. Mm-hmm. So I won't get too uh, too drawn out in the story, but basically I went to a college that didn't have much to offer me, mm-hmm. and it, it was an awful experience, and I ended up just literally walking out on two of my finals mm-hmm. and in my in my freshman year and of course my parents being Caribbean they were absolutely disgusted with me oh. that I had two F's uh you know you mm-hmm. know in my college career and I spent the summer even though I was 19 years old I spent the summer in like total like disgrace from my parents and mm. you know I, I was just thinking like well what am I going to do with my life because you know, my parents, of course, they want me to stay in school, but this is this isn't the path. I think I was a business major at the time, and mm-hmm. a lot of economics and a lot of things that I just I just couldn't relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I just it just wasn't sitting with me. I'm more of a creative person, mm-hmm. and I was just trying to figure out well, what is it that I wanted to do? And the, you know, at the time, I just didn't have access to a lot of people and a lot of other opportunities. So. I decided to create my own opportunity mm. and I created a magazine and I literally taught myself in design. Um, and this is before YouTube university. Mm. Um, I taught myself in design. I, you know, found a printer. I took my savings with little that I had as a college student. Mm-hmm. I had them printed. I had like 500 magazines printed and I sold them. I sold them on my campus. I would go to parties um, in, the, in the city and Queens everywhere. And I would sell my magazines um, you know, at, at parties, I was interviewing party promoters, like anybody that could get into the magazine mm. so that it would appeal to more people. And, you know, that was, that, that was one of my first businesses. Um, I did that for a couple of years mm-hmm. and, you know, that was, I was very young and I was just trying things out and I was figuring it out. And that's what actually led me to joining the journalism program. At, at at Stony Brook University where I attended mm-hmm. and joining that program really changed my life. Mm. Um, I learned so much. That's why I learned how to just like edit to like to really hone in and uh, st- to do storytelling, to mm-hmm. articulate myself. It really just fine tuned a lot of my natural skills and abilities to, to present myself uh, well. And, uh, you know, at the time, I, you know, it, it's school, so you don't really understand how much it's helping you. It's like when you look back and you realize how all these things uh, come together to shape you and to shape who you are. So, you know, after college, I was freelance writing and it was it was around the time that we had, you know, just got into what they were calling a, a, a mini recession. So mm-hmm. jobs were a bit scarce and freelance. Uh, writing opportunities for different magazines came few and far between. Mm-hmm. So I picked up and I moved to Toronto. Oh, wow. um, and while I was in Toronto, I was picking up any kind of odd job and freelance gigs that I could. I was working on movie sets, doing continuity. I was doing event planning. 
I was uh, working at this hair salon, anything that I could do to make some money. But mm. eventually, when I came back to New York, I decided to go back to school and I started teaching. Um, okay. And that's where I taught kindergarten, fifth grade, um, and third grade. And all of this is kind of relevant in my story because it's like, I look at every opportunity uh, that you go through in life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as opportunities that are shaping you and teaching you. There's always a lesson to learn. There's always skills to learn. There's always just like even personal and emotional growth out of every situation. So, you know, becoming a teacher, that's what led me to wanting to start on my cards, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So everything, every part of my story is just kind of tied to each other. So I definitely wouldn't change anything, but I didn't start my most profitable business until uh, a couple of years after I came back from Toronto and I was teaching Mm -hmm. because, you know, teaching in New York City doesn't pay you that much. So of course, now my entrepreneurial skills start to kick in because I'm like, how am I? So, so as as a teacher, I mean, I don't, the 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 pay scale. I mean, I mean, I guess over here in Jersey, they they could top off at, at six figures. Is 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 not the same in 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 New York. So, in order to make six figures as a te- as a teacher, you have to have been teaching for ten years and have, I think, two masters. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I was like a second or third year teacher, and I was working on my master's. So okay. I hadn't maxed out in time, and mm-hmm. I hadn't maxed out education. So okay. I was nowhere near there. I think I think I was probably making about forty five thousand. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and 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 in New York City, that's that's you know that's that's not that much. It was it was very difficult uh, trying to pay for an apartment. And also, I was buying books for my my students, mm-hmm. um, and just wanted to wanted to continue. I was a young lady. I wanted to get a car. Was, I wanted to be able to travel, and I wasn't able to do any of that, um, you know, with with low income. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it. And then, uh, and then the, you know, I think we're teaching right because uh, I was I, I was in education, and I still I still um in education in some form or fashion but with te- with with teaching it takes a toll on you you know the preparation um and then uh when you have when you're in certain environments you have to pour into into kids you know it's like you're giving your all and sometimes when you're doing all of that and you know your paycheck doesn't <laughs> match what it is that you're putting in. It could, it can be a lot, you know. It could be for some, for some people. It could be discouraging, yeah. you know. Yeah. So so but so I do understand that, you know. Especially if you're going to school to get your masters and your you know your ma- masters isn't isn't cheap. So yeah. so yeah, that's 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 understandable. That's understandable, and 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 I think that's. Why, you know, so if your passion is teaching, um, and you know what, to to add to, I totally agree with you. And to add to what you're saying, you're pouring into kids, it can be taxing. And then you feel like, you know, financially you're still struggling. But then I also felt like I was so young at the time I was in my early twenties and Mm -hmm. I felt like I had a lot of life to live. Mm -hmm. And I was felt like, I might have been doing a disservice to the children because I didn't have a lot of 
life experience to pull from. At that time, I had only just, you know, graduated college and moved to Toronto for a little bit. I didn't have much, too much of a story Mm -hmm. um, outside of school. So when I finally made the decision to leave teaching and get into corporate, it not only was for the money, but it was also for the life experience. And I always said that, you know, I want to go out I want to live, I want to make mistakes, I want to grow, and then I want to be able to go back as a teacher Mm. and know exactly how to reach these kids and have a story to tell them and have some experience to kind of go off. That's that's, that's dope, and and I get it, I get it, because when I got into into education and I was teaching, uh, for me, uh, I had my, I I had married, married and divorced, uh, had my kids, and then I got into education. And when I got into education, you know, the the under the patience that I had was was a different type of patience, because I understood it with my kids, right? Um, and I had I did have something to say to to not just to the gentlemen but also to the young ladies, and they could feel what it is that I had to say, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I could definitely I could definitely understand what it is that you're saying now you had another you had another business or you still have another business did you start that was that was that the next business um with the uh yeah so that's when i started my face painting business at the time i was i was i was teaching and i needed more money i needed Mm -hmm. money to just survive um to just do a little bit better than surviving so i had a little bit of artistic ability Mm -hmm. and uh you know, my cousin, actually, this is this is a funny story because I had no idea that I could face paint or that I would even be interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my cousin, she was just like, listen, I'm having a birthday party for my daughter and, you know, you artistic. So can you please come and face paint the kids? I'm like, wait, what? That is so bootleg. You want me to face paint? <laughs> and her. her um, she bought me like a you know, one of those like little twenty dollar kits from Michael's. And she's like. It's a caterpillar party. Just draw circles on their forehead, please. Mm-hmm. She, um, her daughter was turning one at the time, um, Kaylin, mm-hmm. uh, Coco. Um, and Coco was turning one at the time. And I was like, okay, fine. You know, these one-year-olds, they won't know the difference if, if I'm not really good at it. And that was actually the first time that I did it. And then it kind of sparked something in me. Like I mm-hmm. said, every experience that you have and when you allow yourself to just you know, be open and open to suggestion and open to trying new things. You never know what's going to spark you. And just doing her a favor, even though I was just like, what? Where the hell does this come from? Why am I face-painting these kids? Mm-hmm. It kind of, you know, it, it sparked something for me. And at the time, I was broke. I was a broke teacher. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, wow, maybe this is something I could really do. I started doing a little research. And, you know, I needed a kit. And that same cousin, she bought me like $300 worth of supplies. And next thing you know, I had started my business. Yeah. I got an LLC and I was face painting. I got my insurance and I was face painting. I started an Instagram and <laughs> like that. I spent my times in the summer and on the weekends um, face painting for kids' birthday parties. And eventually, after a couple of years, I expanded. I brought my family in. We bought some popcorn machines. We bought cotton candy machines. Mm. And then we were just throwing parties, basically. Popcorn, cotton candy, face paint, doing custom. And I got really good at it. And, you know, that's just been a family business 
since 2013. And I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of that, that I was able to bring that to my family. And it all started from, you know, just being open and my cousin kind of sparking that idea. And then, of course, supporting and investing in me, um, you know, to get started and buying my first my first kit. So everything just kind of all comes together. Yeah, definitely. So, so I and I and I love that story because it's, it's a couple of things. Sometimes it takes other people to see the gift that you have, right? Um, that's inside of you, and to to bring it out, to bring it to fruition. But uh, and, and this leads into the the business question: is that you had a you had a gift, but you had to uh, develop that skill set. Um, and you made that skill set into a business. Um, do you feel as though for people to get into business, to do, like if if it's a hobby or if they're good at let's just say drawing, <clears throat> excuse me, and like for instance you with writing, um, do you feel as though to to start a business they should have a skill set if they don't have like you know they can invest in something like that. I think people get into business for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have a skill set that they've already identified and mm -hmm. they want to make it profitable, or they're just have an entrepreneurial spirit and they're looking for, you know, maybe a talent or product or something, right? So everybody starts for different reasons, but mm -hmm. um, no matter what in business, you need to continuously sharpen your, your saw. You need to mm -hmm. sharpen your tools mm -hmm. constantly, no matter who you are. And even if you have, let's say you are an amazing photographer and it just comes naturally to you and mm -hmm. you haven't taken a bad picture ever in your life, that does not automatically mean you are going to have a great photography business. Mm -hmm. um, having an amazing talent does not equate to being successful in business or having uh, an idea, a, an amazing idea doesn't mean you're going to be successful in business. You literally have to know how to, like, you have to develop your business skill set, um, and it's got to match your talent, especially mm. when you don't come from a family of investors who can just, like, create a team, you know, off the bat. Mm. A lot of us are coming from families and backgrounds where it's really just us. You yeah. know, we may be first entrepreneur, you know, first generation entrepreneurs. Mm. So we're starting from scratch. We're starting from possibly minimal budget, if if any. So that's really where that passion for me teaching people came from. Is when you when you feel like you don't have uh, the opportunity and you don't have the people in your life to show you the way. Mm -hmm. That's me. I can show you the way. I can teach you. And I'm 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 so passionate about it that I literally, I basically. I eat, sleep, and I breathe this. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I, I I learned this through my own struggles as an entrepreneur because it wasn't peaches and cream when I cream when I started. I lost a lot of money. I made a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. I think when I first started face painting, I was charging fifty dollars for a two hour party, and I was bringing my own table and chairs. Like I had no idea. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. And it literally took me, it took years of studying and trying to understand business and making these mistakes um, to understand. And as soon as I started making certain changes in how I handled my business, I increased my prices. I amped up on my marketing. I started doing things 
and it started, it worked. My business basically skyrocketed in a matter of months um, by just. No, I'm sorry. That's awesome. Now, because this this is this is uh where I wanted to uh bring back up the 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 situation with yeah. you, you and your mom, right? Cuz you said yeah. you, you had charged her to 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 do certain things like chores, get some water, you know what I mean? You was charging yeah. her, right? So, yes. how do you like cuz cuz that's something that's that's bold at at that age, right? Um, to yeah. ask your mom for money from a business perspective, not just from a, a perspective of ma, you know, I need this mm-hmm. for this. You know, a lot of people don't know how to ask for money or ask yeah. for what, what, what it is that they're worth. That transition from you asking for for fifty dollars for two hours to the 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 asking price of what you're worth. What, what is that process like? <laughs> you know, how do you do that? You know, because you know. Certain people don't is especially when you're new, you know. How do you do that? You know, how do you determine well, I, the price, and then how do you ask people for the price? Because people don't okay. know how to do that. Yes, I will tell you. When I first started face painting, all I was focusing on was me. I only, I didn't, I didn't think about anything else. I didn't think about the market. I didn't think about the industry. Mm-hmm. I just thought about me. I said, I want to face paint. I'm going to go face paint. Now I'm going to just charge $50 because, hey, I don't mind. It's $50 more than I had. Uh-huh. And I started on my Instagram. I was using hashtags. This is back in 2013. I started my business, and I got a lot of customers from using hashtag strategies. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's like seven, eight years ago when Instagram had just, like, started to get popular, and uh-huh. I was already mastering a lot of these strategies. But anyway, I digress. So We're going to get into it. <laughs> through hashtag I was getting I was getting clients so I would hashtag under my pictures I would like do videos and take pictures of like face painting on myself this is before I even got any clients mm-hmm. I started just face painting on myself just to one to practice and then also to show off my skills and I would hashtag Brooklyn face painter Queens face painter Manhattan face painter because I knew that when the first thing you do when you're looking for something on Instagram is you just you type it in like you're doing a search mm-hmm. on Google or any kind of search engine. Mm-hmm. So I knew people, if they were in Queens having a party and they were looking for a Queens face painter, that that's what they would type in. Mm-hmm. And that was bringing me a lot of business. So I got a little, you know, cocky and I created this ad that said $50 for a party. Mm-hmm. Well, child, let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you, there was a bunch of face painters that had came across my page and they saw that I was advertising a two-hour party for $50 and they ripped into me. And I couldn't understand why at first because uh-huh. I was like, why do y'all care? Why do you care? Charge what you charge and I charge what I charge. Uh-huh. And that was my first lesson in understanding the market. Uh-huh. So you don't, the market creates and sets your price. Not you. Mm. So the first thing I see a lot of entrepreneurs, the first mistake I see a lot of them do is they just like, oh, I don't care. It's fine. I'll just charge five dollars, and they have no, they have no understanding um, of what what's the, the rate currently in the market, or you know what is what's the going rate. So it was at that moment I realized like, oh wow. But so my response to them was like, oh, but I'm new, and you know 
I kind of didn't really value my skills Mm -hmm. at the time because I was like, I knew I didn't really do that many parties yet. I was just Mm -hmm. charging because I didn't think I I was worth to charging, you know, $250 to to face paint. Mm -hmm. And they said, it doesn't matter. That's the going rate. That's the price. You could probably go a little bit. uh, And these are face painters from all over New York that came to my page in my DMs, and this is back in 2013, 2014, mm. and they lit into me, and that was me being completely naive, just having just having an idea and wanting to just go, but but not really having a business mindset and doing it the right way. Um, but I learned. I definitely learned. They they um, I learned in that moment that wow, it's not about me. It's about the market. Mm. Now, if people. If people see fifty dollars for a party, they're gonna either think like, "Well, she probably." They're gonna just automatically assume that I'm not that good. One mm-hmm. or two, they're gonna want to book me because they just like using me. Uh, okay, she's that cheap, fine, I'll pay. And they understand that it's worth more, but because I'm so cheap, they'll just you know throw the money at me. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing a fifty dollar party for two hours. I bought my own chairs, I bought my own table, um, showed up early, stayed a little bit later. And at the end of the party, the mom gave me $50 flat, even. Not 51 not mm-hmm. 55 not a $10 tip. Mind you, I just did a party that was worth $250. I did it for 50 mm-hmm. And you would think someone getting such a deal would, like, want to tip you. No, everybody's not, you know, doesn't have to tip you. But at that moment, I realized that people will only pay you what you say you're worth. Mm-hmm. Even though she saved all that money, you would think she could she could have threw a twenty on there and still had a great deal. <laughs> but she gave me she gave me fifty dollars flat and said thank you. Mm. And I had to sit there and fold up my table and my chair and pack everything. I stayed late and everything. Mm. And it was just like, you know, see ya. So at that moment I realized that it's not about it's not about me. It's about the market. And if you're going to charge cheap, people will let you charge cheap and they'll take advantage of you. And mm. you at the end of the day, someone did a same, the same party that I did and got paid $250, went home tired. I did the same amount of work and went home with $50 because I was too scared to believe in myself. I didn't research the market and I got taken advantage of. Mm. Mm. That's good. So wearing the Black Men Are Dope and Black Women Are Dope shirts has been pretty amazing. Like I would walk around and people would look at my shirt and there are some people who looked very uncomfortable, but then there were people who were nodding in agreement. And that just boosted up this sense of pride that I have of being a strong Black woman as well as being having having strong Black men in my life. And I just want to share that message with the world. And a lot of the times we think that we can only share that message from verbally, you know, talking about our black, our black men and black women being so dope. But you know what? I can share that message without even opening my mouth and saying the word. I just put the shirt on and walk around and let the and I let the fashion speak for itself. Go to www.mrihardy.com forward slash shop. They put in the promo code chicken and waffles. So, all right, so, so, so now, so, so let's look at the flip side, right? Um, yeah. Like Nip- Nipsey, right? Um, you know, when, when Nipsey, he put out his uh, $100 mixtape, um, 
that was you know that was marketing right um was it worth a hundred dollars but he um, uh, you know for for i guess for the people who bought it yes how do you command that type of uh because the market at that point in time it was going digital um how do you command that type of uh you know dollar amount you know for something like that i love at the time when that happened i didn't really i didn't really listen to nipsey and i wasn't um too much on his wave but i remember when he did that and it was at that moment that i started to pay attention to him i'm like who is this like what kind of nerve do you have to do something like that Uh and it goes to show you how much he understood the the laws of 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 supply and demand and 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 of marketing Uh so essentially something is worth however much you say it's worth you put you and your customers, but you first, you display the value of your product. So if I tell you this is worth this amount of money, then that's what it's worth. Mm-hmm. And it's worth that to people who will buy it or not. When you think of like, um, let's think of like a, a Louis Vuitton bag, for example. Mm-hmm. A Louis Vuitton bag that's monogrammed, it's not even leather. It's made out of like a coated canvas. So it's not like this expensive leather or anything. It's literally just a coated canvas bag that you could get anywhere, but it just happens to have a logo and a brand from a fashion house that has created their value. Mm. So you're going to pay $1,500, $2,500 for a coated canvas, not leather, mm. not any kind of exotic material or rare, nothing. It's just coated canvas. So... You know, I say that to say that when it comes to entrepreneurs wanting to establish their prices and set their price points, you you have to tell the market and you have to show the market by, when I say show and tell, I mean by demonstrating value in how your brand shows up. Hmm. So how, how, do, how do you do that? How do you d- demonstrate the value of, 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 you know, of your brand or your product? Okay, I'll give you an example. For example, once I started, once I stopped charging $50 for my face painting parties, mm-hmm. I also stopped bringing my tables and my chairs. Mm-hmm. And I would send people contracts and I would say, you need to provide the table, you need to provide the chairs, you need to provide me a bottle of water. That I had demand. And that, believe it or not, is how you, by creating and setting boundaries, that is really how you create that value. Yeah. Um, those same customers that paid $50, uh-huh. um, once I learned my lesson, those same type of customers, um, when they would come back and ask for my prices, and I would tell them, oh, I'm charging $150 an hour now. I went from $50 for two hours to 150 an hour. They basically were like, oh, okay, I don't know. I'll see what I can do. They figured it out. They got the money together and they paid me. Hmm. And they also provide everything that they provided, everything that I asked them. I stopped having to bring my table and my chairs. I had a Jeep at the time, a Jeep Cherokee. Mm-hmm. And little old me, you know how little I am now, <laughs> throwing a, a table and chairs. And it was way too much. I was doing the most mm-hmm. and, you know, it wasn't respected and valued. So to bring it back to your point, it's like, how do you establish value as a brand by, you know, creating consistency? by mm. 
setting boundaries, by really just having a tone of your brand. Once I started to realize, like, nah, I'm actually talented. I'm actually really good. And once I had that confidence in my brand and my abilities to face paint and provide a really dope party, nothing else changed but the fact that I started showing up differently. Hmm. I started answering questions differently. When people would reach out to me for my price, I was confidently... Not right away. Sometimes I would, I'd be scared to tell them my new price, but eventually I built that confidence. And once I started building that confidence, it started to come naturally. And then over the years, my prices went up. My That's... prices went up. And, you know, so it really comes from, to answer your question uh, very succinctly, it really comes from how you show up as a brand. If you show up like a $50 brand, then that's what you'll get. If you show up like a $500 for two hours type of brand, then that's what you'll get. That's dope. So, so and, and with, with, what it is with, with your courses, right, can you explain to people why it's important to have a business plan? Business plan is your everything. So I say this all the time that for whatever reason, people feel like a business plan is only for big corporations or people that are going to the bank to get uh, investors or no, all a business plan really is, is just having an idea of what in the world your business is about Mm -hmm. researching the industry, researching your competitors and price points, all things that I had to learn when I started fame and set my uh, event planning business, but just doing that research, understanding the market before you enter it, understanding your cost of goods, then also having an idea of how are you going to market? How do you, how are you going to get customers? Mm-hmm. So that's what a business plan really is. It's really just you taking all the ideas and really just planning out how are you going to do what you need to do for your business? How much money do you have to put towards it? And really just setting out a roadmap for success. It's an outline pretty much mm-hmm. for and to make money in your business. And how often should a person like uh, follow that that plan, um, like or go back to it, revise it? You know what I mean? Make the changes. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, should they do that on a weekly basis, or you know what I mean? Like, especially when you're it's first a, starting out. It's a living, breathing document. So the thing about a business plan or starting a business, it isn't a one-time checklist. Checklist. It's like it's not like okay, I do one, two, three, four, five. Okay, now I'm good, and I never have to think about any of this again. Mm-hmm. As a business, you're constantly re-looking at your marketing. You're constantly looking at how you're positioning yourself. You're looking at your branding. You're looking at your prices. You're researching your competitors. It never stops. Mm-hmm. Think about big corporations. Like think about the fast food chain. How you know, Burger King comes out an impossible burger, then McDonald's comes out with one. They're constantly watching each other. They're constantly seeing what's, what's happening in the market. What is there a need for? Mm-hmm. They're studying their customers. They're studying their competition. They're finding new ways to market. Oh, okay, everybody's on TikTok now. So mm-hmm. now you're going to see big brands on TikTok because they're understanding the market. They're understanding and studying how do we get in front of more people? How do we connect and relate to people? How do we get stay a, a, a step ahead of the competition? And that all comes from studying and research. And so to answer your question is, does that happen on a weekly basis, a daily basis, a monthly basis? And I mean, I couldn't really tell you a certain amount of time mm-hmm. that it should be happening, but one thing is for certain, 
as a business owner, your business plan is never done. It's never finished. It's constantly evolving. You're constantly updating it and continuing to, it's like a saw, an axe. You continuously sharpen it, right? And you want to make sure that it's it's always ready. It's always on point. It always has the, the, the most accurate information. So, so and you touched on marketing. How important is, is marketing, especially, you know, in, in social media age? So, you know, uh, you know, you have Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, you know, and how does one build their platform? Because you're, you're excellent at helping people kind of build their platform. First, they have to know their platform, you know what I mean, their mission and everything. But, you know, how important is it and how do, what's your process in helping somebody build it? In order to build a following on any platform, you've got to first know who your customer is and where you're going to find them. So let's say if you're selling uh, something for seniors, right? Uh You're not probably going to go on TikTok. Probably not. Uh Because we know the average age of people on TikTok are, you know, kids in their teens. Uh So you're probably, if you had to choose social media platform, you're probably going to pick Facebook. Mm -hmm. Not even really Instagram. You're probably going to pick Facebook. So without really knowing and understanding your customers, you wouldn't even know where to start. You'd be out here making TikTok videos hoping that, you know, uh, the people in your demographic who are, you know, know, 55 to 75 are trying to buy that product. Mm So to answer your question, it all depends on what your product is, and who you're marketing to for you to determine the best course of action. Like, where can you, you know, where where are they? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you find them? Where, sh- where should you show up so that you're there waiting for them, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and digitally, how does, how, how do, how does one show up? You know what I mean? Like, what, like, like, you know, because you, there's a lot of businesses who I would say, like, back in the day, you know, you talked about parties. You know, they used to hand out the flyers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And they'll be, at the, they'll be at the parties where everybody is at. Yeah. Social media, how do you find your customer, the people who, you know, who want, what, wants your product? Well, I'll tell you, let me tell you a story. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I had first got to college mm-hmm. um, at Stony Brook, we used to have room phones and all the party promoters, they would get so creative in to, you know, to let people know about parties. What they would do is they would call room numbers room by room mm. and leave voicemails on your phone with the party invitation and the party flyer. They got so creative. They would be doing skits, whatever they needed to do to get you to come to their party. Mm. That all changed. In almost instantly, once we got Facebook, mm. once we got Facebook, the voicemails were pretty much extinct. Nobody was calling anymore. You know what they were doing? They were showing up where everybody was. At the time, everybody was on Facebook. We were so excited to have this new platform. Nobody knew what it was, but we were just adding everybody as friends. It was amazing. So immediately, those promoters, no one had to really tell them. They didn't, you know what I mean? They just understood mm-hmm. naturally that, okay, everybody's on Facebook. This is a way to reach a lot of people at once. 
let me show up here. Mm. So what I would say is my best advice is for people to show up consistently and to represent and tell the story of their brand. What is it that you want people to know about your business that will connect them and ultimately make them want to be a part of your story and purchase your product or purchase your service? So you need to tell, show and tell the story of your brand and help people understand why why your product is superior or why your service is needed in their life. They really need to understand that. I think sometimes entrepreneurs, they just assume, like, if I just, you know, say what it is, I just post one time that people are going to get it and know that they need it and they want it. No, you really have to be telling these stories constantly, showing people how this would change their life, how this can work in their life, what would, you know, mm-hmm. why they need, why they need this, this, this sweatshirt that says, you know, black women are dope. How does this affect the community? How does this affect relationships? You know what I mean? Like really yeah. showing people, people can see themselves in, in the product and really, you know, Tell that story of your brand, basically. That's dope. So, last question. Uh, where do you think social media is going? Because, you know, like you said, you, you, people, a different demographic, you have three different dif- demographics. I'm huge. Like, you know, you have your Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok, right? Um, yeah. Where do you see it, like, uh, going and um, as it pertains to... I guess those three diff- different demographics from a business perspective where people could find their people. I think for one, TikTok is getting pretty popular and you'll notice a lot of people creating TikToks and using that platform and then bringing it to Facebook and bringing it to Instagram because mm-hmm. um, of the unique content that you can create. But as far as like where is marketing going, you know, that's up to us to decide. I think that as entrepreneurs, we need to figure out what's the next best thing, Mm. what's the most creative way to get in front of people. Sometimes it's okay for us to want to try something new and create a path that hasn't been created before. That's how millionaires are made when you're disrupting the industry, right? Mm -hmm. So as far as marketing is concerned, I think there are a couple of players that I think are going to be around for a while, Instagram, Facebook. I don't think they're go- I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But I think we definitely need to be paying attention to something like TikTok for sure, just because um, it, it's, an, it's a new wave. So I would definitely recommend if you're able to find a way to create content on TikTok, even if you're bringing it back to Instagram or to Facebook, it, you know, it definitely has a sense of relevancy and it's something that people are, you know, paying attention to and they're interested in. And of course, if you are on social media, then I would definitely recommend that you follow me on Instagram. My Instagram <laughs> is GabrielleNoel.co. So I would definitely say follow me on Instagram and I share tips all the time about new ways to um, expand your reach, to reach more people for your business. Uh, definitely lots of tips, lots of goodies on my page. So um, connect with me on Instagram, GabrielleNoel.co. Definitely. One more question as it pertains to social media and before we wrap up. Um, LinkedIn. Uh, how is that platform for, for businesses? Again, it really depends on, it depends on the type of business. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also depends on the story you're telling. So, like, if you're on Instagram or if you're on TikTok, 
You're going to tell a different, you're going to use those platforms to tell a story of your brand in different ways. Mm -hmm. So for example, your business, black women are dope. You're your line of apparel. Mm -hmm. Now on, on, on Instagram, you can post something fun. You could post like a cute video, TikTok or something like that on LinkedIn you might want to post more, uh, you know, a story that relates more to that audience. Now, mm -hmm. when I say that audience, someone that's on LinkedIn, they're in a particular mindset. They're not there to see you doing the savage challenge or something like that. Mm -hmm. They want something that's informational, that's insightful. They want facts. They want, you know, something that is going to, like, be a, a golden nugget for them. Mm -hmm. So for your brand, there's definitely a, a place for you on LinkedIn. It's just all in how you frame it and how you present it. So you can take the same brand and show up on different platforms in different ways to connect with the audience in the mode that they're in, right? Mm. Does that answer your question? Yes, definitely, definitely. Awesome. Thank you. So, so I just want to say this, Gab. Um, Thank you. Okay. Thank you for everything that you've been doing. Uh, I've been following you, but also for the work that you've, uh, how you've helped me. Um, you really helped me prepare for um, the journey that I've been on. Uh, you know, I, and, 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 and with my, with the, with the apparel line, right. Um, you helped me to, to, to see the, the worth in it, you know, cause I was, I, I saw it, you know, as a benefit, but then it started to have legs of its own and you helped me to prepare for what was to come. And I, I want to say that, you know, everybody needs uh, somebody to help you to see what it is that you're worth. Also, your price is your price. Um, so Gabrielle helped me with that, understanding the market, um, put, putting a business plan together, um, so she helped me tremendously. So I, I, I want to personally say thank you. Thank you for that. I also want to say that you, you're doing your thing, like, uh, especially with the unlock hearts. So we're going to find a way to make that happen and we're going to just continue to rock and roll. I, I truly appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, if you're looking to have find any more information on how to connect with me, how I could possibly help you in your business, or um, how you can possibly learn more about Unlock Hearts, um, you know, find me on Instagram, GabrielleNoel.co. You know, send me a message, send me an email, connect with me on Instagram, um, and we could definitely work together or, you know, I, we definitely accept mentors and donations for Unlock Hearts. So find me on Instagram, GabrielleNoel.co. Um, are you going to be doing any more uh, business coaching or consulting or uh, having any more classes or anything like that? Uh, yeah, for sure. There's definitely going to be some opportunities to have live workshops um, in the future, for sure. And, you know, if you go on my website, GabrielleNoel.co, um, you'll definitely be able to see some courses and some, some workbooks and some coursework, you know, to get your feet wet and to get yourself started. Um getting you know getting your business from start to sales thank you thank you thank you so much have a great one thank you thank you so much for having me i really appreciate you sharing your your platform and your time with me um thank you so much no problem no problem have a good one thank you thank you thank you thank you for subscribing thank you for listening thank you for your time um, we're growing, we're growing as a community, we're growing individually, and that's the goal. Listen, 
one of the things I want you to have is the tools. I need to, you need the tools to become the best you possible. It's a, a lot of times we want to help everybody else, but we don't want to help ourselves. In this podcast, these are the tools for you to help yourself. So I want to say thank you again to Gabrielle Noel, and I want to say thank you one more time. Please subscribe, rate, download. It helps. Thank you again.